December 14th, 2017. My name is Kellen Conley, and you're listening to the world's greatest podcast, Hyphenation. Now, the remedies of this and that say crisscross ain't coming off flat. For all you suckers that don't know, check it out. I don't have any topics. We're going to go way, way back on this one. Well, I have some ideas, but I don't have my little Google uh, Docs list, which I normally have. So my apologies for that, for not being prepared. But um, I'm, a, I'm a little behind, and that, that's on me. And my apologies for that. So what we're going to do in this episode is I'm going to write down things as they come to me so I can have comprehensive show notes as my uh, airplane lands over there. Airplane better known as my laptop that uh, has a bad fan in it. And what it does is as soon as it gets, it's on for like maybe 10 minutes and I start using it, it sounds like an airplane. And you've heard this in past episodes where you hear that annoying noise in the background that I try to uh, I wouldn't call it air correct, but I do try to um, at least fix it, I guess, uh, by making it less noticeable. But it's shutting down. I just finished getting Ilapal. It's like a podcast or whatever on iTunes, or not on iTunes, on Mixcloud, and putting that on the website. And then also Browns in Our Blood episode 19. Ilapal 26 and Browns in Our Blood episode 19. So, what I do when I don't know what to do is I like to go to the well. And by the well, I mean WWE. (laughs) This weekend is the last pay-per-view of 2017. Raw does not have another pay-per-view in December, um, but SmackDown does. Night of Champions is coming to you live this Sunday on the WWE Network, as well as pay-per-view for those of you that still go that route. So I'm just going to run down the card real quick because it has, the last SmackDown of the week happened on Tuesday. So I'm going to just run through it real quick so we can see exactly what is happening. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I was mad after Survivor Series. I was I was mad because the Survivor Series match, the, the men's match was terrible. And that Triple H pretty much put himself over before Braun destroyed everything. Turns out Kurt Angle was working with an injury. So that limited what he was able to do. Then I got excited all over again because last week in my wrestle chat group, I, got, I saw a message saying Daniel Bryan had been cleared to wrestle 
by doctors. And so WWE was reviewing the test results to determine whether or not Daniel Bryan would be able to return to the ring. This happened right after, if you if you follow my website, victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com, right after I decided to book last week's Monday Night Raw. And I was super excited because I thought of so many ways they could get Daniel Bryan back into the ring on really quickly. But then I saw that the Daniel Bryan thing was just a rumor. That it wasn't confirmed. That there was nothing that the dirt sheets were aware of that Daniel Bryan had been cleared. Which sucks. So... My, my dreams faded away. But then in the rumors, I've been seeing stuff about if Daniel Bryan gets cleared and so and so. So there might be something to this. It's something to keep your eye on, that Daniel Bryan may be medically cleared to wrestle. And if he's medically cleared by, to wrestle by his physicians, then WWE may look at it again to see if he can wrestle. And the earliest I've seen anything about him coming back would be SummerSlam next year. So that's just something to keep your eye on. But let's run down this card real quick. This is in no particular order. I'm just reading it off of my Cliff Notes of Life Wikipedia. Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. I imagine this will be on a pre-show. Mojo's sick of losing. And the Hype Brothers are over. So he's, he's now turned fully heel. Something that we expected him to do earlier this year when Ryder came back. And then they... Kind of let them languish as the Hype Brothers for a little bit longer. The Hype Bros. And now we're sitting here with Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. I'm a huge Zack Ryder guy. Huge. Um, big fan of his Long Island um, Ice Z YouTube series I was on a few years ago. I, I don't know if it's still on YouTube. That's one of my recommendations. If it's still on YouTube... Go find yourself long, true Long Island Ice-Z stories. Um, and that was Zack Ryder's YouTube show that pretty much got him over. Um, it was around 20, late 2011, 2012. And this is what, what led to him actually being kind of a kind of a big deal for a while with the whole woo-woo-woo, you know it, and... Among other things, are you serious, bro? Like, he got himself over in 2012. And then they put him in a love triangle with Eve and John Cena. And things just went badly from there. He was in that... Uh, did they do SmackDown versus Raw in 20? They had, oh, they had Team Laurinaitis versus Team Teddy Long at WrestleMania 28. And that was okay. I think Zach got kicked in the nuts by Eve. And then he... Languished again in the mid-card. Didn't lose his job, surprisingly enough. He did have that big moment at WrestleMania, not last year, but the year before, where he won the Intercontinental Championship, only to drop it the next night, The Miz. But that was a huge moment. Even if he only had it for 24 hours, to see Zach climb that ladder was huge. Now, and I've said huge like seven times now, Mojo Rawley, he's a, he's a Vince guy. He looks like a Vince guy. He's big. He's mean. He's tough. Well, he's mean now. He's just big and mean, big and strong before. But now, uh, he, he's turned heel. He he's out to end this feud with Ryder because I can't imagine. This feels like a classic 
recent year blow off match for a tag team for creative. Um, Mojo's probably going to go over and then that'll be the end of it. And they may revisit it from time to time and who knows, but more interestingly, if he didn't have a game on Sunday, our boy Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski showed up again calling out, was it gender? I believe because I think in the Andre the Giant Memorial, <laughs> the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at this past WrestleMania, that's when Gronk got in the match and cost Gender Mahal the match. And I saw a video I didn't watch it of him talking that talk to Gender again, who obviously is in, involved in the WWE Championship match. So I, I don't think we'll see anything from Gronkowski tonight. But that's something going forward where uh, Gronk could show up again. And, and again, don't quote me on that video. He could have been mad at Raleigh for, turn, for turning on Zach. So at some point, I could expect to see Gronkowski and Mojo end up in a match at some point. But of course, that'll be after the offseason. So we're talking... February, well, late February, maybe something again at WrestleMania. Not too excited for this. I feel like Ryder deserves better. I do like Raleigh. I, I'm excited. I want to see what they do with them. This episode is sponsored by Sheets Cinnabon Cappuccino. But I, I don't have high expectations. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. And Current favorite shirt of mine, my AJ Styles shirt. You saw it in episode 42 if you watched that video. Episode 43 hyphenation, by the way. Versus Jinder Mahal, finally. Jinder's getting his rematch for the WWE Championship. I thought that Jinder was breaking away from the Singh Brothers a few weeks ago, but apparently they're still around. I have not been keeping super up to date with things, thanks to cable cutting. Uh, so what would I, what's going to happen is AJ's going to retain. AJ's going to retain, and then they're just going to have gender kind of languish, I guess. And apparently they still want to do a Brock Lesnar match with them. So I'm guessing that'll be a house show squash. And not to mention that gender just had a match with Triple H in his home country. His home country. The night after Triple H put Roman over for the IC title overseas, the night next night, Triple H gets back on his, I'm just going to say it, his racist shit, and <laughs> buries gender in his home country. A non-title match that didn't mean anything. And he completely just shits all over gender. The guy who is holding the most prestigious belt in the company. I don't care about the universal title. I mean, I do, but universal title has only been around for two years. It'll be two years this summer. Next summer, 2018. The WWE Championship that AJ has and that Jinder had and that Orton had and Bray had and Cena had, that is the most prestigious belt in the company. 
It's it's Bruno had that belt. Hogan had that belt. Punk had that belt. Austin had that belt. Trips had that belt. I mean, just saying, this is the main belt. Now, obviously, there's no plans to move the WWE Championship to Raw, as far as I know. As long as Brock is holding a universal belt. Brock's not going to move the SmackDown. Though that would be interesting. But all the real challengers that could really give him a fight are on Raw. And they won't he they won't have Brock lose, but that's another story. So Gender still has a Singh Brothers, got buried by Triple H. Has I like this heel run. I'm just gonna say it. I like Gender's heel run. It was unexpected when he beat Orton. It was unexpected when he retained it for as long as he did. Him dropping it on a house show a few weeks before he set to defend it against Brock at Survivor Series and before he set to appear with it in India was a little suspect. So I think he may be falling out of favor, which stinks for him because I, I I think he could do better. I, I think I saw a lot of potential in his run. I think he could stand to lose the Singh brothers. But when it comes down to going head-to-head with somebody, muscle gender can hold his own. So I'm just curious as to what the hell happened that they wanted to give AJ the belt back. Not that I'm mad that AJ has the belt, because AJ is clearly my favorite wrestler in the company right now. But it just feels like there's more politics involved in story. And that sucks for gender. So AJ's going over. I would have gender win. I would put the belt back on gender. Well, I mean, Styles has had it for a month or so now. He Styles had a decent run with the belt from when he won it from Ambrose in late 2016 until he lost it to Cena at the Royal Rumble. It could have been longer. I think it was only cut like three months or so. We all love those super long runs when a, a face has the belt and he defends it for a long time when her name's on John Cena, i.e. See, half of CM Punk's run. Because he defended it as a face from November of 2011 until July of 2012. So that, that was a long face run. And then he, and then he um, held it until he put over Rock at Royal Rumble in 2013. I would have gender win it. Like, put it back on gender. It's the end of the year. Let them take it to the Royal Rumble. And y'all can figure out where to go from, go from there. That's just my opinion, though. But I say that, only put it on gender with some of these other wrestlers on the card in mind for a title shot. One of these wrestlers is involved in this next match. And that would be Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. So we already know Dolph's eating the pin. I've talked about Dolph in the podcast before, how sad I am that he has turned into a loser gimmick and he never gets a real opportunity, especially after that awful squash match that he had with Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam in 2016. I was real disappointed with Dolph, but I still love Dolph. Dolph is still one of my favorite guys in the company. Dolph is somebody who has a chance. Uh, well, not has a chance. Dolph is somebody who deserves a chance. I, I think at this point, Dolph needs to work out his contract and get on the Indies and see what he can do there. I think he would flourish in another company. Uh, I'd like to see him in Ring of Honor. 
I'd like to put everybody in Bullet Club, Bullet Club, but I can't. But that's where I would like to see him go, even if it was TNA. As long as they gave him a fair shot at the title, which he's never gotten in WWE, I'd be all for it. Baron Corbin is for the United States Championship. As a United States champion, he beat um, AJ for it and has had it ever since. And then I mentioned Bobby Roode. This seems like the opportunity for Bobby Roode to have his first glorious title victory in WWE. Yes, it's so glorious that he won and Dolph ate the pin. You know what I'm just saying. <laughs> so I see Bobby going over. But if Bobby doesn't go over and they let Baron Corbin retain, which wouldn't hurt anybody other than Dolph, who's already been hurt beyond repair, um, I would like to see Rude move into the title picture. I'd like to see Rude versus Gender. So that's that's one of the guys I'd like to see get a, a fair title shot. Moving on to the next shot, next slot, we got Charlotte Flair versus Natalia. Rematch for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, love that Charlotte got the belt back. I don't love that she's a face. I love the heel Charlotte, which made it really hard during the Sasha and Charlotte feud uh, that culminated last year at Roadblock. But I mean, I, I, I've, I've always been a big advocate of Charlotte. I feel like her in-ring work has improved even more since she got to the main roster. And some of those matches she had with Sasha are instant classics. So I am excited for this match. It's a lumberjack match, though, which means all the women's roster is going to be out there. And then the Riot Squad or whatever the hell Ruby Riot's crew is called is going to probably get involved and... It's going to be a big old cluster. Um, Charlotte's probably going to retain by disqualification because she's going to end up getting attacked. So nothing to see there, unfortunately. And I'm not sure how much longer Becky Lynch is going to be filming Marine 6. Is it 6 or 5? I think it's 6. So Becky needs to get back and actually get off the schneid because I feel like she hasn't gotten anything to do since she... Gave up the belt to Alexa Bliss last year. Fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE. The WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. <laughs> the Usos versus the New Day versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus Rusev and Aiden English. Rusev is enjoying a little bit of a career resurrection with this whole Rusev day thing that he's pushing. He's a lot of fun to watch right now. Uh, English is a perfect compliment to that. I love when they they get these kind of teams in the in a in a match though, because even if you remember a few years ago, like right as the New Day was starting and the Shield was winding down, they would put on these four-team tag team matches like every pay-per-view, and they would just blow the roof off. And they would get like 15 minutes, and it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome start to finish. It didn't really matter who they threw in there. Even uh, Primo Mepico got into action, and it was dope. So I am excited for this match. Uh, the Usos are really hot now with their whole Usos penitentiary gimmick and the whole uh, hood gimmick, so... That should be a lot of fun. The New Day is the New Day. 
Um, and then Shelton Benjamin is back full time now. He's taking um, what's his face's um, spot with the All Americans, or not the All Americans, um, with uh, Chad Gable, Jordan, Jordan, Jason Jordan. Yeah, they broke them up so that he could become Angle's son on Raw. And then Benjamin's like, hey, we got a black guy who can throw in there with you. There you go, Chad Gable. I thought Gable and and Jordan should have gotten I they I think they won it once. I think they might have won the tag team championships once, but I, I really feel like that was a bad move. They split them up. So four-way match. I uh, don't really see any reason for the Usos not to win this. Um given the new day another win would be cool, I guess. But just like with my man Bobby Roode, I'd love to see the New Day break off, not break up, but break off into singles competition. Because my dream is that Kofi gets a freaking title shot. A real title shot. Kofi Kingston needs a title shot. Make it so, Vince McMahon. Make it so, Shane McMahon. Let them let them break off. Get them out of the tag team scene. Kofi can, uh, like, you can, Xavier who's playing for the U.S. Championship on on up, up, down, down all the time. Put him in that. Let him go after Corbin, even if it's probably super impossible because if he eats that one finisher that Corbin has in the days, I don't think anyone has kicked out of that yet. It's strong and protected. But let him go after that. Let Kofi um, actually get a real shot at a WWE championship. And Gender would be the perfect guy to have Kofi go against. And then Big E, you can even have him throw him out there with... Um, with Big E, you can even throw if you don't want to use um, Xavier, you put him in the U.S. title thing, or like Kofi go for a title shot while they stay in the tag team division, and Kofi just wrestles on, stays out of their matches while he's still present for their matches. But I see the Usos retaining. <sighs> this is this is the tag team match with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan as special guest referees. Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Zami, 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 Sami Zayn. If Owens and Zayn lose, they will be fired from all of WWE. So there's no opportunity for them to go to Raw or no opportunity for them to go back to NXT. <sighs> well, here, here's, here's what I'm not sure of. Triple H has been working face a little bit. I mean, he was a heel at Survivor Series, but Triple H has been kind of a face in house matches. I said months ago, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, that I thought they were building towards a Shane McMahon-Triple H match at WrestleMania. Of course, Triple H, um, Shane has not won at WrestleMania since he's come back. He lost to Undertaker at uh, 32, and then he lost to um, AJ at 33. So, if they did that, would they be willing to have Triple H lose to Shane? But obviously, it wouldn't be a straight-up loss. He would have to have some help. Orton is kind of spinning his wheels since he had his last title shot. He's growing his hair out again, which is interesting. I thought Cena was doing the same thing before he cut it, before his Survivor Series match. But he definitely had longer hair during the Roman Reigns match. It might have been for some role he was doing. Who knows? Shinsuke needs to be in he needs to be in the title picture as well. 
I believe he had a match with Gender at one point, and Gender won by cheating. Shinsuke needs to be in the big title picture, at least U.S. title, if you want. If he needs to be chasing gold, so I could see best case scenario. Well, obviously, Owens and Zayn's going to win some way, so that's that's going to be a given outcome. I could see Shane turning heel here. And possibly helping Zayn and Owens win, even though Daniel Bryan has been the one that's been their advocate, so to speak. Uh, so I could see that happening. A Daniel Bryan heel turn could be interesting. He hasn't been a heel since uh, right before his monumental yes movement took off in early 2011, um, or late 2011, early 2012. Uh, I wouldn't, that would be interesting to see him really do that and get behind the yep movement. But Owens and Zayn are in the same position where they need to be in title pitchers as well. Owens needs to be going for the main gold. And Zayn hasn't ever had a title match that I can think of outside of the U.S. Championship Challenge when he first debuted on Raw. So, I would just go ahead and do that, man. Like, make, make it happen. Make it so. Like, Shinsuke versus Orton. I mean, again, Orton's just spinning wheels. There, there's not much to report. I wish there was. I can't think of what to do with him next. He's the old grizzled veteran of SmackDown. Owens and Zayn go over. Shane or Daniel will turn to help him. I'm thinking it's going to be Shane. And that's going to set up more McMahon animosity so that we end up having a Stephanie... Uh, Triple H with Stephanie in the corner with Shane with, I guess, his dad in this corner maybe at WrestleMania. I don't know. It'll be some kind of big affair by the time WrestleMania rolls around. And then the last match that's on the card, Breezango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze, which is is criminal. They're left out of the tag team match. I'd actually rather see them in there other than Benjamin and Gable. I, I'd rather see... Uh, Brizongo in there, at least getting getting some reps against the Bludgeon Brothers, better known as Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, aka the Wyatt family, and their new gimmick. Uh, this is an easy match. The Bludgeon Brothers are going over. They want to build for them, and Brizongo will get to do another fashion files, and people will laugh. And just one more note: I would like to see Rusev as well get to be in a title picture. Get him away from that U.S. championship belt, though, man. I mean, it's been done. It's been done. That belt makes him wanna, makes him instantly a heel. He's a Russian guy. That, give, give him an honest-to-goodness title shot, man. Rusev versus AJ. Rusev versus gender. That's money. Let's give Rusev where he belongs. He's paid his dues. He's made his mistakes. Let's give Rusev some more credit. That's just me. So that is your card for Clash of Champions. Pre-show starts at 7 o'clock this Sunday, live from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And it, it, it'll be a it'll be a fun thing. It, it'll be I, I SmackDown cards are always pay-per-views always I feel like are are more fun than raw pay-per-views. Um, in my opinion. So I think you should tune in. Might be a few surprises. 
at least you'll get a solid night of wrestling. I don't see anything on here where I absolutely hate it. Um, uh, and there might be something that they throw in the pre-show again. And who knows what other antics they might be up to. So there you go, Night of Champions 2017, live from the TD Garden. Next topic. So I'd like to get into something a little serious real quick. Um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you may have seen some posts about U92 WWVU FM Morgantown, better known as the college radio station here at West Virginia University. I am an alumni of that radio station. It's the only thing that I've graduated from here. <laughs> I was there from 2005 until 2011, 10, I think it was 11. Uh, with a break in between, I was a program director. I was the urban diner director. I was just a regular DJ. And there was a lot of things that I had my hands on at uh, different portions of my U92 career. With that being said, the students recently, I think it was maybe about two weeks ago or a week ago, they went on strike. Now, they went on strike in protest to allegations, uh, not allegations, in protest to things they had seen or things done by the general manager, who I'm not going to name here. Uh, if you really want to know, you can you can find out who general manager U92 is right now. But it was it's along the lines of all the sexual harassment cases that have come out in recent months. It wasn't direct sexual abuse or anything like that, but the harassment was definitely there and just inappropriate comments and just inappropriate behavior with students as the GM. Now, the GM is also a friend of mine. We both were at U92 at the same time. And do I still consider him a friend? Not really. <laughs> you know, and I, I just said on this podcast that if I ever found out anyone that I was friends with was involved in anything like this. That's it. That's it. And and I'm still maintaining that. I'm not I haven't had any contact with him since anything came out. The last time I saw him was at the United Two reunion when I uh we went back and me and E did the Urban Donner and then me and Osti did our little reunion that we do every time there's an alumni marathon. We got back together and then I saw him and he had told me that if I had some time, he's going through a lot of things. And if I could just make time to stop by and, and talk to him, it'd, it'd be great. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And I just I just hadn't made the time to do it. So I'm a bad friend, I guess. But the allegations are that he's made several inappropriate comments or advances towards female students or just in females in general while on the air and while being a general manager and a mentor to the newest crop of U92 employees who were mostly students. So the students decided they were going to walk. They were going to go on strike. And there is an, a U92 alumni group on Facebook, and the flames were high. Let me just say it that way. Uh, there was alumni mad about the radio station being off and went going so far as to attack the current students the current employees, because of them being off the air, um, 
there was arguments brewing. There was people from my uh, era of U92 trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and more claims. Well, not, not so many more claims, but people coming to the aid of the students, people coming against the students. So it was a big old mess. And they had prepared, uh, the students had organized, a, uh, they were going to have a press conference on, I believe it was Tuesday or Monday at 2 p.m. on Mount Lair Green to kind of air their grievances. Shout out to Festivus. And with statements and everything. And the dean of students decided to go ahead and remove the GM from his duty right now while the investigation continues. And then my old general manager, Kim Harrison, has come back in as the United 2 um, general manager. The students also said they were going to reconvene before, like a few days later, to decide whether to end the strike. That did not happen because... WVU is done with school, and a lot of students went home. So, as of right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to do this. Really? Little good vibrations for you. As of right now, U92 is on the air. On U92 FM. Local music for that ass. <laughs> Probably inappropriate for me to say that. Uh. So you know, but there there's somebody on the air when the breaks are in effect, a lot of alumni come back to do shifts, pick up shifts, the students that are still in town will do shifts. So I'm just curious to see what happens with the whole situation. This is apparently reported months ago to DAVU and to Title IX about these about all the accusations against the GM, the current GM and they weren't getting a proper response. They felt they felt like they felt like they were kind of being WVU and uh, Title IX, I guess, was being short-sighted as to how serious they were being about this. So that's what caused the strike. Now I am I'm going to say I'm partially guilty for the situation. Reason being, the, the GM, who I said was a friend, has always been what is known as a creeper. He's always said creepy things. He's always made comments, done weird shit. And when these things happen, you're like, oh, well, at the time, I mean, this is, I don't know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, whenever I first met him. At the time, and I mean, you're just around the same age, you're, you're, you're peers. Unfortunately, it's like, well, that's just him. And that's bad on my part. I never took the opportunity to be like, hey, hey, do you, do you think you might not want to go that route? I have talked to fellow, I had talked to fellow peers, United 2 employees at the time I was there, who told me that the GM made them uncomfortable for some reason or another. For some dumb thing he said. And I never took the time to go to him and be like, hey, do you, do you think you could knock it off, you know? Because in those days, the good old bad days, I suppose, you just kind of, there was a line, and the line was much different than it was it is today. So I was like, well, I mean, 
that's just that's just what it is. I mean, there's nothing I can do. And I was wrong in that because obviously there was something that could have been said. When he got the GM position, I felt like I didn't even think that would be an issue. I thought he's the general manager, the radio station. He's a he's a higher, he works for AVU. Uh, this is he's an authority figure. Surely his old antics wouldn't follow him into the position. And I was wrong. So I apologize to all the students that are, have been have gone through this with him. Not to say me saying something then would have changed things now, but it could have. I didn't speak out because I was younger, I was dumber, and it was just a different time. It's like, oh, well, he's being a creeper, but that's just him. But then if I saw him doing something inappropriate to a girl, would I have said something then? Yeah, of course. But there really isn't any separation. So my apologies to those students again. As far as me and the GM goes, I'm, I haven't reached out. Like I said, and he hasn't reached out to me. His online activity has been low. We only really spoke when I was in the station, which is like every few months I might come to the station. You just never know. And that's something that goes along with all these, all the claims that are coming out against major movie stars and public figures in Hollywood and in the media. You just never know who, who could be in the wrong. Let's just leave it at that. Next topic. So I was listening to Isla Pal 26. Great episode, by the way. It's called the the Isla Pal, the definitive Isla Pal, the definitive Isla Pal Christmas playlist. And on there, Handsome Bane, Eric Greenlee, and Everyday Rogue, K Rock. We're talking about The Walking Dead. And. Eric shares my sentiments about The Walking Dead coming to an end, needing to needing to reach its proper conclusion. I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said, but one, because I want you to go listen to the episode or watch the episode on their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash R-O-X-S-T-A-R-E or Rockstare, or just Google, it's like a podcast or whatever, YouTube, and it'll come up there too. You can either watch this episode, I need to watch it because I want to see him actually do it. But hearing it was hilarious, too. He does a hell of a Negan impersonation. And essentially went along the lines of, Hot damn, Rick! You (laughs) cold-blooded! I got up in this chopper and you just shot me down to RPG? You must not really like me. See, he's way better. Way better. But it's hilarious. And his, it was his little way of turning The Walking Dead into uh, to wrapping up everything in Walking Dead and it turning to a comedy before it ended. <laughs> it's a great little idea. You need to go listen to it or watch it. Or both. In fact, if you're down with Hyphen Nation and you're down with the Hyphen Podcast Group, I need y'all to go to that YouTube page and subscribe because they're trying to hit 100 subscribers so that it can get a custom URL. 
Woo! And then they're going to change it probably to Alipal. And it'll make a lot more sense instead of Rockstar. Woo! Custom URL. Woo! I like his idea. I think it's hilarious. Uh, how would I wrap The Walking Dead? That, that's a good question. Because I said how the best way to would have ended would have been would have been awful for the viewers, knowing that their fates were unknown, so to speak. But it would have been when Abraham and Glenn got clubbed. That'd been it. <laughs> that should, I mean, if you could have ended the show right there, I mean, that's like that. That was like the peak of everything we watched The Walking Dead for, and this has been downhill since. I don't know how I would end The Walking Dead, man. Like, honestly, I think Rick needs to die. If they want to stay on TV, Rick needs to die. So I'd get rid of Rick. I'd have Negan get defeated. And I would also... I'm so sick of Daryl, man. And I know there's a plot in the comic books where Michonne disappears for a while. Like, I so have wanted Daryl to disappear for a while. Just write them off for a season. Like, bring them back when you're ready. Like, you can't do that to Daryl. We'll riot, man. Nobody cares about Daryl. Daryl's doing the dumbest shit on the show right now. All the shit Daryl does makes no sense. <laughs> so I don't even know why y'all... If Daryl does, we riot. Uh, we'll probably vote for Trump, too. <laughs> Did I say that? Um... <laughs> sorry, not Sorry. I'd get do something with Daryl. He doesn't need to die, but I feel like Rick needs to die. Carl's going to die. It's really shitty how he went out. I thought at least if he's going to die, let Negan bash his head in or let him catch a stray or something. I got bit two days ago helping Sadiq in the woods. Or earlier today, Dad, and it's, it's all my fault. So I'm going to die. And if they pull some bullshit where he doesn't die, I know Gimple said he's going to die and he's, he's going to get to say his goodbye. But if he pulls some shit where he doesn't die, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. I saw a theory today that either he got bit by a whisperer and it wasn't a real zombie, or a real walker, or that he's immune. And if that shit happens, I'm, I'm really done. I'm really done. We're not going to start. I mean, the whisper thing, I guess I can live with if that's where we're going, but we're not going to even get to them until at least season nine. We still got to burn through eight more episodes of season seven. So. Ultimately, my version of Walking Dead would end with Carol in charge of the main group. Ezekiel still running the kingdom. Maggie in charge of the hilltop. Negan defeated. So I, w- I would finish out season season eight, have Negan lose, have Rick die, have Daryl disappear somehow, kill Dwight because Dwight's been as useful as uh, what is it? Your pancreas? No, your pancreas is uh, uh as, he's been as useful as an appendix. <laughs> Just causing trouble. Kill Eugene, cause he's a f- he's. I'm just gonna say he's a fuckface. <laughs> um, even though, uh, uh, 
I can't sleep, so I'm going to let you out, Father Gabriel and Doctor. But uh, I gave some guy something that's going to make him poop his pants a lot. But I just want to go back to sleep. Goodbye. He needs to be dead. Have Maggie, Ezekiel, and uh, Carol running shit. Rick dead. Daryl gone. Negan defeated. Not killed. He he needs to go in that cell. Which is, huh, how's that going to be possible? Because I'm guessing Alexandra is pretty fucked up. But supposed to have a time jump, so more than likely they'll rebuild Alexandra after All Out War. war, war uh, all Out War. I would just make the last episode of season eight two hours. At the first hour handle, uh, defeat of Negan and Rick dying, all that stuff. Jump a year for a second hour, wrap everything up nicely in a bow, and that's how the show ends. Get it off the air. Speaking of Gimple a little bit ago, I told y'all last week, The Fear of the Walking Dead finally got good. The season three finale was epic. Spoilers. They were on that damn... Uh, where they're all, they're still in Mexico. They're on the dam. The proctors were taking over the dam, and Daniel been shot in the face by, um, oh my man, what's his name? Oh, Coleman Domingo Strand. Strand shot in the face. Uh, the Water Queen died. The other dude died at the dam. They had set up C four before Madison bashed in Troy's head. Uh, Nick. Blows up the bridge. Madison and Alicia and Strand were not far enough away. They all got separated. So the only people we know that's alive right now is Madison, who washed up on the shore. Also, Nick and Daniel are still alive. They're bringing in like four new people, including Jenna Elfman, who I had the hugest crush on when she was on Dharma and Greg. But everything I've seen of her since has been trash. So I'm kind of worried that she might have the kiss of death to her. Jen Elfman's coming in, and they're bringing in Morgan from The Walking Dead, To Fear the Walking Dead, and they're talking about syncing up the timelines, which means there might be a time jump in Fear the Walking Dead, and Gimple is becoming the showrunner. So I fear for Fear the Walking Dead Season 4. I don't know how much longer they've been review, uh, renewed for. I don't think they got the two-season bump that The Walking Dead has right now. So I know they're coming back for season four. I'm afraid it's going to be an exact clone of The Walking Dead, and its I don't think it's going to be the same, so I'm not looking forward to Gimple taking that over. Not at all, not at all. So yeah, man. Uh, I was going to... I had asked my dad a question a few weeks ago about what my favorite, his favorite sports memory was, and he told me about one of the football games he played, and then also the fact that he helped two referees make uh, be able to referee state tournaments, that he mentored both of them, and he's very proud of that. And I was like, oh, that would be a good question to ask myself, because if you remember, I had no topics at the start of this episode. I was like, I'll just ask myself that question. But I'm going to save that one, because the U92 thing had to be dealt with, and I really want to talk about... Uh, Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead and kind of replying back to pretty much shining a light on Alapal again and and Eric's fantastic Negan. Hot damn, Rick! Hot damn, Rick! That's, that's impressive. 
you got to go watch it and see it and subscribe to Isla Powell on YouTube. Do it. You want to support the Hyphen Nation podcast, you can do so by going to iTunes. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe and share the show. By rating and reviewing, you help the iTunes algorithm realize that this is the world's greatest podcast and it needs more listeners. If you don't want to because you're selfish like I once was with Drake in 2007 up until 2009 and don't want to tell people about them or about the podcast, it's fine, but it's going to happen anyway. OVO. You can also find Hyphen Nation on Stitcher, on Google Play Music, on the TuneIn app, on Pocket Cast, also on YouTube, all 43 episodes of FIRE are available on YouTube. Uh, I almost got the page up on the Hyphen Podcast group. I really just need to work out what image I'm going to use. All the episodes are up. It's kind of sad. Um hyphenpodcastgroup.wordpress.com is the hyphen podcast group official website hyphenpodcastgroup.com coming soon my website excuse me my website is now victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com behyphen.com is no more to make way for the hyphenpodcastgroup.com so victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com has all my podcasts on it, all my writing, other than the two years that I'm mysteriously missing that I got to replace. And all the goodies are right there. If you're in the RSS feeds, feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphen nation 2016 is the RSS feed. Put that into your favorite podcast listening device and you'll have all 43 episodes of Fire. I already, I already blew my blew my load on the Fire. So, <laughs> um, what else? B hyphen, at B hyphen, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N on Twitter, hyphen universe on Facebook, B hyphen at gmail.com if you want to reach out to the show. I'm nowhere near 60, but I'm planning that for episode 60, I'll do another questions episode. So I should be hitting that knock on all the wood sometime next year. Ah, uh, we're rolling right now. Got a win streak going. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm trying to think, is there anything else I need to tell you guys? You can find, if you just Google hyphen nation podcast, you'll find, find all the episodes there. I don't think you, I tried it yesterday. You can't Google hyphen nation and still, and get me to pop up first. So you got to throw that podcast in there and then you'll find it there. Uh, but real quick, real quick, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. I did have a recommendation, but I think I said it earlier in the episode. I did. So make sure you check out that recommendation that I said, because I'm not going to look it up. Podcast 101. Quick sports memory. I do want to throw this in here, and I'll pick it up later. Pick up a later topic. Maybe 44, maybe 67. Who knows? It was round 1990. Seven NBA playoffs. The Chicago Bulls faced off against the Washington Bullets in the first round. I was grounded because I went through this phase where I would just do dumb shit. Not like mean or violent shit, just dumb shit that would get me in trouble at school or lie to my parents about dumb shit that I didn't need to. So I was like on punishment for like nine months, it felt like, because I just constantly got in trouble. So I wasn't allowed to watch TV. 
I didn't, there was no phone. I didn't really call anybody back then. So really your thing is you can't watch TV. You can read. You can't watch TV. Which sucked. But the playoffs was on. And so what I would do is I had my own little side of the house. Because my mom built an addition when we moved in with her. Um, in 1994. 93, 94 is when the addition got added to the house. So I had my own side. And that became my, me and my dad's bathroom. There was an extra bedroom over there. And then my mom had her own side of the house again. And then the family room was the common room. The TV room is where we all kind of met up um, to hang out throughout the evenings and stuff. So I had my own TV sitting like five feet away from my door. So what I would do is I would sneak out to the TV, turn it on, and and watch stuff, and then just keep an ear out, make sure that nobody was coming so that I could watch TV. Well, Jordan went off for 55 points in one of these games against the uh, Bullets. I want to say it was game two. And he was phenomenal. He ate up everybody on that team. And it's one of the more underrated Jordan performances because it doesn't get talked about a lot. It was the second round of the 97 playoffs. Like, everybody knew the Bulls were going to win. But watching Mike in that game, he came out with a lot of fire. Game one was a little bit closer, but game two, Jordan, Jordan wasn't even going to give the Bullets help. He ate them all up. And then they went back to Washington, took care of business, game three. So here's a recommendation for you. YouTube.com, 1997 playoffs, Jordan versus the uh, Wizards. Jordan versus the Bulls. <laughs> Jordan versus the Bullets. Check that out. And you won't regret it. You'll see exactly what I mean. Great sports builder. And I didn't get caught watching TV because I got caught plenty of times trying to sneak watching TV. And I got punished some more. I wasn't the brightest crayon in the box sometimes. All right, guys. You're giving me to go home, as Steve Austin would say. AKA, I got two minutes to go inside and clock back in. And the clock's fast. So I might be less than that. Oh, yeah, I got one minute to get inside and clock in. And I might just have to eat this. So call your loved ones. Give them hugs. Tell them you love them. Tell your friends how much they mean to you. Because you never know. Never know when you're going to go. Life's a bitch and then you die. That's why we get high. AZ, look it up. Um, keep that negativity out of your life. Happy Christmas. Merry Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Go see Last Jedi. I think Angel and I are going to go see it tomorrow. So maybe I'll talk about Last Jedi in episode 44. Go Raiders. I doubt you'll win the AFC West, but go Raiders. Um, support. Support cool shit. Tie your shoes. Change your underwear. Always bring your wallet with you so they can identify your body. <laughs> and without further ado, thank you for listening, guys. You're the best audience in the world because you're my audience. And what more could a what more could a man ask for? Thanks, y'all.